as we're starting out, I'm sure all of you have memories of Christmas when you were a child. Hopefully you have some good ones in there. And as I was thinking about growing up as a child and all the Christmas memories, I have a lot of them that are very special to me. But I was thinking of one particular Christmas. It was Christmas 1960, and I was six years old. I'll help you out. I am 61 years old. I know y'all can't believe that, but, you know, that's not my topic today. But anyhow, (laughs) Christmas 1960, our family received a really special gift that year. I have two older sisters, and I have two younger brothers. Most of you know my one brother, Ricky. He's three years younger than I am. And then I have a baby brother, Randy, who is about six years younger than I am. So on December 22nd, 1960, Randy Jean was born into our family. And my mom and him came home from the hospital on Christmas Day. And I'll never forget that Christmas. It was so special when she came home with this cute little baby brother. And immediately my mind began to think of all the things I could do to this baby boy. (laughs) Back in the day we had these giant dolls. So I thought, yay, he's little. I can take these doll clothes off of this doll and put them on my brother which I did, and I started thinking about, now I know he's going to be a lot more cooperative than Ricky is. I used to do things to my baby brothers like make mud pies, fool them and deceive them into thinking how delicious they were and make them eat them. Ricky never would go along, but Randy, he always was the sweet one, and he'd do whatever his older sister said. So it was amazing that year to have this real live baby boy that we could play with and dress up and it just brought so much joy into our home you think about it maybe when you had a baby sibling that was born or perhaps if you're a parent or a grandparent there's nothing as exciting as the birth of a baby and usually when a baby is born and maybe some of the relatives aren't able to be there right then they call them up on the phone and they're like hello Who do they look like? What color of eyes do they have? Do they have any hair? All these questions that people begin to ask. And I remember when both of our boys were born, and particularly our oldest son, John, when he was born. And the people began to call and ask what he looked like and and all of these characteristics about him. But when he was born, nobody needed to say, What child is this? Or who's his daddy? Because he was stamped by his daddy. He looked like a little miniature mark. It was kind of amazing, too. He was kind of born with this big head and this big face. Just like his dad. (laughs) Believe me, I know he had a big head. We won't go into that. But anyhow, (laughs) he was stamped by his daddy. We didn't need to say, who's your daddy or whose child is this? He was cute. He was really, really cute. I'll just, I'll add that in. He was adorable. (laughs) When we are born as babies, we have two sets of chromosomes, 23 chromosomes each. We get 23 from our mom. 
we get 23 from our Father, whether we like it or not. And we're made up of all these different chromosomes. On my father's side of the family, everybody has brown eyes and everybody's really tall. He was six foot two and he was one of the shorter ones of his brothers. He had a brother that was six foot four, one that was close to six foot five, I think. Tall people with brown eyes. On my mother's side, the bell side of the family, they're all very short. She was five foot two. My dad was six foot two. She was five foot two. She had blue eyes. All of her family had blue eyes or green eyes. So when I look in the mirror, I see, okay, I got the chromosomes of the color of my eyes from my mother's side of the family, but I got my height from my dad's side of the family. So when we look in the mirror, we say, hey, okay, I'm made up of a little bit of my mother, a little bit of my father. Well, did you know that Jesus, when he came to this earth, he had some characteristics from his mother, but he had a lot of characteristics from his heavenly father. On his mother's side, he was the son of man. On his father's side, he was the son of God. On his mother's side, he was ordinary. On his father's side, he was extraordinary. On his mother's side, he was humanity. On his father's side, he was deity. On his mother's side, he died at age 33. On his father's side, he is the ancient of days who lives forever and ever. On his mother's side, he got his physical body. On his father's side, he got his blood. Hallelujah. The babies get their blood from the Father. And the Bible tells us that Jesus was born of a virgin. Joseph became his natural father. But Joseph isn't the one that he was conceived by. He didn't get any of his chromosomes from Joseph. He was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He got 23 of his chromosomes from his heavenly Father. He got his blood from his Father, hallelujah, and that blood is sinless. That blood is precious. That blood is pure. That blood is holy. That blood is spotless. And that blood that he got from his Father is the blood that cleanses you and I from all of our sin. It's the blood that washes us whiter than snow. Let's just thank God right now for sending his Son. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. Glory to God. And Jesus got his name from his heavenly father. When a baby is born to a married couple, the baby takes on the name of the father. Hallelujah. Jesus had the name of his father. Let's look over at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Glory to God. For unto us, A child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulder. And this is his name. It's just some of his names. His name will be called, say this with me, Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Hallelujah. He got these characteristics 
from his Father. He is wonderful. He is our counselor. He is mighty. He is everlasting. There is no end to him. There's no end to his love. He is the prince of peace. He was not an ordinary son that was given. He was, he is the son of the living God. He is royalty. He is the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He came to rule and to reign, not on an earthly throne, but to rule and to reign in the hearts of men and women who would call him Lord. Do you call him Lord? Is he your king? Hallelujah. Is he reigning in your life? One translation where it says the Prince of Peace. One translation says he is the Prince of Wholeness. Isn't that good? The Prince of Wholeness. Do you need any wholeness in some areas of your life today? Is there any brokenness going on in your family, in your finances, in your body? Well, Jesus has come to make us whole. Shalom, shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. He's the prince of wholeness. And he's here today to bring wholeness into our lives. When Jesus was born on this earth, there were actually very few people who knew what had happened. There were very few people that realized a Savior, our Savior, had come into the earth. There's two groups of people that the Bible lets us know were notified of Jesus' birth. One was the shepherds. Another was the wise men. We're not going to expound on either one of these groups today, but we're going to just look at them briefly just so we can be reminded that Jesus came to be the Savior of all mankind. It doesn't matter our race, our creed, our genealogy, our social status. He's the Savior of the world. And these two groups of people that he was made known to deflect that in our lives. Let's begin by reading part of the Christmas story over in Luke chapter 2. And we're going to begin at verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you, let's say it together, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That always sends a thrill through my heart that the message that they delivered was, it's going to be a, it is a message of good tidings, great joy, and it's for all people. Then verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior 
who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And then it goes on in verse 13, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Don't you love that? Just thinking about what happened that night. I like how verse 10 emphasizes, Don't be afraid. No fear. Your Savior has come. When you think about it, every other religion in the world is fear-based. Based on, you know, you, you got to do this to earn your salvation. You have to work to do this. You've got to follow all these rules and these regulations. And if you don't, off with your head. If you don't, there's no hope. For you, if you don't follow all the things that we've laid out here, if you're not good enough, if you don't work hard enough, if you don't do enough, well then, too bad, so sad, you're going to hell. That's not good news. This tells us here, the angels told the shepherd, I'm bringing you good tidings of great joy to all people. Christianity is the only religion, and I don't like to call it in a religion, but we have an experience, we have a relationship, but we're the only one, not based on fear. Our relationship with Him is not based on what we did, what we work, how we work and earn it. It's by grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourself. It is what? It is the gift. It's the gift of God. I'm glad we don't have a fear-based gospel. People are tired of hearing bad news. They're tired of being afraid and hearing all this garbage in the media. I know bad things are happening in the world, but folks, we've got the good news, glad tidings of great joy. Let's get that message out to the world. Jesus didn't come to condemn us. Jesus came to save us and to redeem us. Hallelujah. With his precious blood. I say that's good news. I say that brings great joy into our lives. So the shepherds, when we think about them, they were Jew, they were Jewish boys. They were uneducated. They would have been considered low in society. But also there's something very significant. This Sheep, the lambs that they were watching, the sheep that they were watching, most likely were those that were used in the temple sacrifice. And think about this. God said, I'm going to reveal 
to those that are out there watching these lambs that they have to sacrifice on a regular basis to cover their sins and their transgression. I'm going to reveal to them that the Lamb of God has come. He didn't come to conceal and to cover up our sin. He came to wash them away. Hallelujah. He revealed to the shepherds, the Lamb of God has come. Hallelujah. The Savior of the world. What better group? to receive good tidings of great joy. And then we know the wise men also were notified. The wise men represent a non-Jewish group of people. They represent a wealthy group of people. The shepherds were Jewish guys. The shepherds were lowly people. They didn't have a lot of money. But then on the other end of the spectrum were the wise men, wealthy, non-Jewish guys that were revealed to them that the Savior had been born. Let's look at this account over in Matthew chapter 2. Y'all tracking with me today? Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Matthew 2, 1 and 2. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? Don't you find that interesting? They knew he came to be king of the Jews, but they also knew that they were going to be able to get in on this because it had been supernaturally revealed to them who he was. For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. Now, most scholars agree that they came from Persia, which is modern-day Iraq, and the journey would have taken them several months the star or the sign in the heaven. It might have been a big ball of fire. I'm not sure. Whatever it was, it was something supernatural that appeared to them. It appeared at the time of his birth. So it's obvious that they did not arrive on the day that he was born. But you know what? We don't have to get hung up on that. Don't have a ball humbug spirit. A few years ago, I heard somebody preaching, and they were almost mad. They were like, the wise men weren't there when he was born. It took them probably two years to get there. The wise men weren't there. They don't belong in your manger scene. And I'm thinking, well, for heaven's sake, what I got to do? I'll go put them out in the garage if that makes you happy. They were on the way. They saw the sign. So don't get a ball hung humbug spirit and you see a wise man in a Christmas play or a manger scene, they weren't there. No, let's just celebrate the fact that they knew he was born. Hallelujah. And they remain in my manger scene because, hallelujah, they came. That's what matters. They came. Don't, Don't be like that. Let's celebrate that they recognize the King of kings and the Lord of lords was born. It's a statement. It tells us that Jesus came 
for the rich. Jesus came to save the poor. Jesus came to save the good, the bad, the ugly, the good looking. It doesn't matter. Hallelujah. He's the Savior of the world. And these wise men, they saw the star. They recognized the sign. Hallelujah. They followed the sign. They followed the star. They came and they worshipped him. And they brought their very best. That's symbolic of what we ought to do. Have you recognized that a Savior, your Savior, has been born into the earth? Have you come to him? Have you given him your best? Do you worship him? With all of your heart. I say just based on that, they get front row seats at the manger in my opinion. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's continue down in in verse 11 of Matthew 2. Matthew 2. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary. So he wasn't in the manger anymore, but hey, they came. With the young child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I love Christmas through the eyes of a child. One little boy heard this story for the first time. He was so excited. He went home and he told his mom there were these guys that came from the east and they brought Jesus gifts. They brought him awesome gifts. They brought him gold, Frankensteins, and some Smurfs. <laughs> In his eyes, that was a great gift. Hallelujah. <laughs> Through the eyes of a child. I've told this story before, but I'm going to interject it here. Again, and uh, y'all know that we have our oldest granddaughter, Olivia, is six, and now we have two little ones that are like eight months old and nine months old. But a few years ago, John and Lindy were at our house for Thanksgiving. Livy was three years old at the time, and they were getting ready to leave, and I thought, oh, man, I wanted to put out some Christmas stuff with her. So I have this old manger scene. I've had it for years beautiful little pieces so I went and get it out and I said okay Olivia I want you to help Grammy set up the manger scene so I'm taking out every little character telling her who they were and what role they played and we get to the last one we had the little manger we get to baby Jesus so I put baby Jesus in her hand and I said this is baby Jesus he came he was born for us He was born in a manger, so put him in the manger. So she puts him in the manger, and then she picked him back up again, and she held him in her hand, and she said, He's a baby? I said, Yes, baby Jesus. So she put him back in the manger. Well, they go home, and the next day I get a call from John. They've been having some issues. He's some three-year-olds. They don't like to sleep in their big girl bed. So she'd been getting up a lot during the night, sneaking into their room, trying to crawl into their bed. Or John said he'd wake up in the night and she'd just be standing there staring at him, (laughs) kind of creepy, (laughs) and saying, Daddy, I'm afraid to sleep by myself. One time she said, it's not fair. I have to sleep by myself and you get to sleep with Mommy. You know, so, I mean, she really wanted to be in there with him. So they're trying to train her. So he'd been giving her this long, every night, now, honey, you don't have to be afraid. 
Jesus is with you. They'd been telling her over and over, Jesus is with you. And make her go get back in her bed, pray with her, Jesus is with you. So the night they come home from our house, here she is, standing by his bed again, looking at him in the night. He says, now honey, you've got to go back in your bed. Remember, Jesus is with you. She got a little bit of an attitude. I'm not sure where she got that from, but she said, Yeah, Dad, but what good is that? Grammy said he's a baby now. (laughs) So what good is that going to do me? He's just a baby. I remembered her. And so John calls me. He's like, thanks a lot, Mom. I'm like, y'all were leaving. I didn't have time to give her the salvation plan. I just wanted to tell her the Christmas story. (laughs) You know? But that has been a point that has stood out to me since that happened, that that is still how many people see Jesus. They're okay with celebrating Christmas. They're okay with he's a cute little baby in a manger. That's fine. But what can he possibly do to help me with my problems? He's just a little baby. He can't make any difference. In my life, I got a question for you today. Do you realize the baby, the baby, the Son of God, grew up to be our Savior, to be our King, to be our Lord? Do you have you acknowledged who He truly is? That He is the meter of all of our needs. He's the healer of our body. He's our deliverer. He's our peace. He's the one who sets us free. Hallelujah. He's the one who gives us comfort. He's the one that meets all of our needs according to his riches in glory. He's not a baby anymore. He grew up and shed that precious blood for us. He is ever with us. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm the one that you can call upon me anytime and I'm ever present with you. Glory to his name. I believe that Jesus today is asking some of us in here the same question that he asked his disciples many years ago. There's an account over in Matthew chapter 16 All the disciples were gathered together together, and Jesus begins to question them. He's wanting to see if they have the revelation of who he really is. So in this passage of Scripture, Matthew 16, and we'll begin at verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? He started off with, I know there's all sorts of rumors floating around out there. This one's saying that. This one's saying that. So tell me, what are people saying about me and who I am? So they answered him. And they said, well, some are saying, you're John the Baptist, reincarnated. Some are saying you're Elijah. Others are saying you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he got a little personal and he said to them, But who do you say that I am? 
And of course, Simon Peter gets a bad rap, but you know he did a lot of things right. In this instant, he was right. Verse 16, Simon Peter answered, and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. And Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I'm going to ask you the same question today. Who do you say that he is? It doesn't matter what people's opinions are. It doesn't matter that some people say, oh, yeah, well, I believe Jesus did come to the earth. I believe he was a prophet. I believe he was a good teacher. I believe he was a good philosopher. He was a really good guy. That's not who Jesus is. Hallelujah. Jesus is the Son of God. Who do you say that he is is he your savior is he your lord is he your healer is he your provider is he your prince of peace is he your counselor do you call him lord do you call him wonderful do you call him the mighty god do you call him the everlasting father that's who he is that's who we need to acknowledge him as in our lives. Amen. We don't minimize his supernatural birth. Without the virgin birth, he, we wouldn't have a savior. Of course we celebrate and we rejoice that he was born of a virgin and we should make a lot of noise and a lot of celebration over it. But we also need to know that he is forever and ever the king of kings and the lord of lords. Hallelujah. He grew up to be our Savior, to be our Redeemer. You know, when Jesus, the night that the angels proclaimed his birth, we won't read it again, but over back in Luke chapter 2, well, let's go back over there. In Luke chapter 2, in verse 13, it wasn't just one angel that came to the shepherds and said, hey, the Savior of the world is born. (coughs) Once this one angel came, Look at this. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts. And what were they doing? They were praising God. And they were saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. These angels rejoiced at his birth. And they weren't quiet about it. I'm sure they were in their thinking. They were like, who is man that God would send his only begotten son? Who is man that means so much to our heavenly father that he would send his son in the flesh to pardon their sins. And as they began to get the revelation of what had happened, that God's own Son took upon Himself the flesh of a human and was born a lowly birth, you know, they began to say, Glory to God. God has personally redeemed mankind. Glory to God. This is major. We need to rejoice. We need to shout. 
We need to sing. <coughs> we need to celebrate. That's exactly what they did. They weren't silent about it. They knew something extraordinary had happened. Jesus had come to save, deliver, and to set men free. Jesus had come to embrace toho, to redeem man, and to bridge that gap for all those years that had been there between God and man since the time that Adam had sinned. And they knew what was happening. That's why they began to rejoice and to make some noise. The sky was filled with heavenly beings proclaiming for mankind, hallelujah, good news has come. I recently heard a story in the north, southern part of our country in North Carolina. There's a huge Air Force base and there's a landing strip that runs parallel with the highway. And there's a big sign that's right there on the highway that says, Pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. Mm. And when those F-16 jets, when they take off, or when they land there, there is a rumble in the heavens. And they want people to know what you're hearing. It's not anything bad. What you're he- hearing, what you're feeling, it's the sound of freedom and it reminds me of the sound that must have been in the heavens on the night when Jesus was born those angels in essence were saying pardon the sound it's a sound of freedom for Jesus has come to set you free hallelujah we ought to make some noise when we think about what really happened on that night and how God reached out to man and gave man his very best and how Jesus was willing to come. I think we ought to have some signs in our church that say, pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. We ought to come into this place and we ought to rejoice and we ought to celebrate particularly at this time of year why Jesus came. Jesus is the reason for the season. We should emulate what the angels were doing, rejoicing when they announced his birth to the shepherds. You got anything to be happy about? Just think about it. Your past is pardoned. Your present, present is full of his power. And our future is promised. We got a reason to shout we've got a reason to celebrate the birth of our lord and savior hallelujah as a matter of fact let's just all stand i didn't have a long word today let's all stand and let's take a moment and let's just rejoice for a second here pardon the noise it's the sound of freedom let me just ask you how many in here are born again you know for sure you're in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever experienced healing in your body? You've ever experienced Jesus touching your mind and giving you peace in a season of torment. You've ever experienced him coming into your finances. Hallelujah. And meeting every single need. Well, that's freedom. And I think we should take a moment. Let's just do it right now. Lift our hands. Lift our voice. 
Hallelujah. And thank Him. Oh, we rejoice in you this Christmas season, Lord Jesus. We thank